Hello, it's Caroline. I'm just here to tell you that this episode that you're about to listen to was recorded during a time when I still used Patreon. I do not use Patreon anymore, but you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck a Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of the Fuck a Diet podcast. My name is Caroline Dooner. I'm the author of the Fuck a Diet book, and I'm here doing bonus episodes during this quarantine. And what I'm going to do today is the same as what I did two weeks ago for the last bonus episode. I'm just going to be answering some Q&As that were asked on my Instagram, and they were asked last week. Um, and I didn't get to all of them and I thought that I would get to them at the end of last episode, but I didn't. And so we're going to do them today and I'm going to do what I did last time and I, nothing is prepared. And so everything's going to be just off the top of my head, which means that some of the answers may not be very good. And I'm sorry for that. Um, what else do I want to say before we get into the questions though? Oh, okay. So today you are listening or this, this episode comes out on May 4th. May 4th is also my brother's 30th birthday, which is crazy. It has nothing to do with anything. You can just forget I ever said that because it's irrelevant to you. Um, But also the Fuck It Diet Book Club, which is my group coaching program. It's eight weeks long. It starts on May 11th. Enrollment is closing on May 6th, so in two days. So if you are interested, you can go to thefuckitdiet.com slash club and check out the details. If you need a longer payment plan, I I took it down from the main page, which I don't know why I did that. I should have just kept it up. But if you need the nine-part payment plan, which is over the course of nine months, you can go to thefuckadiet.com slash 9P, as in nine-part. And um, yeah, so if, if that sounds right for you, please join us. It'll be really fun. There's an amazing community. Lots of people who've already gone through the program who are doing it again. Lots of new people. Excuse me, I'm drinking kombucha, and whenever I drink kombucha, oh man, yeah, sorry, it's kombucha, kombucha burps, it's just the way that it is, so I guess I shouldn't have been drinking kombucha during this, all right, lesson learned. Uh, Yes, so if you're interested in the Fuck a Diet book club, go to thefuckadiet.com slash club, if you are new to the fuck a diet and have not read the book you can go to the slash free and sign up for my free emails that give a little intro on what the fuck a diet is and how to start applying it it also will send you the first chapter of the book so you can read it and see if you like the style see if it's something that seems like it'll be helpful for you and then if you have read the book you can also get lots and lots of supplemental material by going to thefuckadiet.com slash resources. There's a workshop replay. There are emails with content that I cut from the book. 
um, and lots of great stuff. There's a, there's a resource list. There is a download of the prompts from the book and on and on and on. So please go take advantage of those free resources if you have not already. All right, let me, let me just get into this. I'm going to do my Q and a, oh dear. Okay. How do I choose what to answer? There are lots of questions. Okay. Favorite real housewife and why? So a lot of these will be about the fuck diet, but some of them will not be. And so we'll pepper in the non fuck diet ones. My favorite real housewife is Ramona Singer. Do I think she'd be a good friend? No. Do I think she is TV gold? Yes. And I will never change my mind. So someone asked, someone asked, um, the recipe for the quinoa dish that I made for dinner. Somebody asked me what my easiest quarantine dinner has been. And I said, I made a big pot of quinoa. I put in feta cheese. I put in, um, beans from a can and lots of olive oil and lots of either lemon or vinegar and salt. And I mixed it all up and people were asking for a recipe like ratios. And I don't, I am not a cook, guys. I just I just turn on the oven and and cross my fingers and hope for the best. So as long as it's salty enough and has enough like dressing, it's delicious. And then you figure, you know, there you got your starch, you've got your protein and you've got your fat. And you could add some frozen vegetables if you wanted. Oh, sometimes I add like frozen green beans to that. Easy peasy. Enjoy it. And then people asked no meat? Yeah, guys, I eat meat, but that particular recipe does not have meat. Okay. What's the next question? I guess I should have chosen these ahead of time. I am starting to love, okay, I'm starting to love quarantine life and might not want to go back out there. Can you relate? Yes, I can relate. There are a lot of things about quarantine that I really don't like, and I do miss my routine of working from a cafe a lot. Um, and I miss seeing some of my friends and I miss being able to go out to dinner and I miss, um, I miss a lot of the ease, but I do kind of like, like, I really like a weekend of doing nothing. And on Mondays when people are like, what did you do this weekend? I'm like, uh, is it okay for me to tell you for the 10th time in a row that I just did very little because that's what I like to do. Just chill. And now, like, I don't feel that, um, I almost feel like the world is meeting me a little bit more than I'm adapting to this quarantine. I'm like, ah, now everyone is just doing very little. So that's what I like about it. I like, I like that aspect. Um, I like the kind of like, in so many ways, I like that you're kind of off the hook in a lot of ways and that it is a slower pace and you aren't expected to do a lot because it's, we're not supposed to be doing a lot. So I do like that aspect. Um, however, I'd already been resting and, and living like this before. So it's not like I really craved a period of doing even less than I already did. So in some ways I'm like, oh, I already did this. I was ready to start doing things, <laughs> sort of. So yes, I, I will, I will, um, I can totally imagine like if I was getting to work from home from a job that I didn't really love going to, that I'd kind of dread having to go back. Um, luckily I don't have that. And I kind of just, my, my job is basically this right now. So 
not that much has changed for me, but I do totally relate to the idea of being like, oh, I kind of like this slower pace. Um, okay, next question. Anxiety is having me lose my appetite. How does this mesh with the fuck a diet? Okay, the way that this meshes with the fuck a diet is that you need to try to feed yourself on a regular schedule, even if it's not very fun. And even if you don't find yourself eating as much as you may otherwise eat, that's okay for, um, for your health and for your, um, nervous system and for your anxiety, it's really important to every couple hours, just make sure you're eating a little something. Um, see if you can eat as much as you can. Um, you're almost putting yourself on, you're almost like being your own mother. Be your own mother. Yes, you're anxious. No, you don't want to eat. Yes, your stomach may be upset. Um, but be your own mother and say, you have to eat something, hun. Even if you don't eat too much, try to try to eat this half sandwich. So be your own mother. That's that's what I, we don't, we don't, we here at the fuck a diet don't say, oh, it's so great that you're not hungry. That's not our outlook. It's, ah, okay. How can we support ourselves during a difficult time? Next question. Is the fuck a diet suitable for vegans and vegetarians? Yes, it is. You can listen to your body no matter what kind of food you prefer to eat. However, what I would say, and I have a whole episode on this and I recommend you listen to it if you're curious about this question. Uh, vegetarianism and veganism is not inherently disordered, but it is for a lot of people. And so you want to be extremely honest with yourself about why you're eating the way you're eating. Um, I recommend that you check out the episode called what about vegetarianism? It's like mm, probably like 10 to 15 episodes back. You can just scroll back and find it. I also believe that it's connected to, it is, it's connected to a blog post if you want to just read it instead. Um, but it's suitable for vegans and vegetarians. You can absolutely listen to your hunger and take the pressure off of micromanaging um, calories and carbs and weight and listen to your appetite if you're a vegan or if you are vegetarian um, or if you're you know, a celiac, you know, which is not exactly the same thing. Obviously, that's an actual health condition. However, Please, please, please be extremely honest with yourself about why you are a vegan or a vegetarian. Sometimes it's genuinely um, a genuine desire and sometimes, very often, I would say it is disordered eating in a fear and and a really easy way to kind of like have, um, feel legitimacy around rules and good and bad food. Okay. Someone said, is it enough to eat 1,400 calories at 22 years old? Fuck no. That's how much a four-year-old needs, so it's not enough food at all. Though I know that diets tend to say that um, that is an acceptable amount. It is not. Those diets are wrong. And it's it's like very much under eating. I recommend you read my book and or research the Minnesota Starvation Experiment to learn a little bit more about how, um, how... what do I want to say? Uh, how little, how not that little amount of calories can induce semi-starvation. That's what I was trying to say. (sighs) 
Okay, someone, this is a great question. Someone said, how do I find empathy for thin friends who are also struggling with eating and body stuff? That is such a good question because um, really, truly, the the amount of struggling that a thin person experiences compared to someone in a larger body, it's just inherently, it's inherently less um, perpetuated by society. So there is so much more stigma that people in larger bodies will experience, which makes it even that much harder to do this work. It's please, please don't misinterpret me. I, I really, really believe that it's important and possible and helpful and healing for every person in every single body. And I think that we all deserve it, but it do, it is harder just because the world we live in is so much crueler to people in larger bodies. And there's so much more stigma and confusion around weight and health. However, the truth is we are all taught to hate ourselves and it is a mental health issue at a certain level. So if you can have empathy for the fact that um, people are experiencing a mental health problem and really kind of like turning their cruelty in on themselves um, and internalizing the cruelty that they have experienced in the world and then doing it to themselves, it might be easier to understand that we're all going through something, though you know, you, you and people who are in a larger body definitely, definitely do have a harder go of it. Um, okay. Somebody said, can't stick to a routine of doing the lie down and breathe and feel every day. Why is this help? I have better mental clarity and less bloating. Oh, okay. This is a new, um, new question. Oh dear. Okay. So let me ask the let me answer the first question. Don't you love how erratic this is, guys? Don't you love the chaos? I don't. Okay, so this person is saying they can't stick to a routine of doing the lie down and the breathe and feel every day. These are two tools from my book. So I recommend that you go sign up for the free resources, thefuckadiet.com slash resources, because I have, I created a workshop a an hour-ish long video that goes through the tools and it might be a helpful way to look at it. But um, so the lie down and the breathe and feel are asking you to get quiet and to feel what it feels like in your body. And it sounds like you might have some resistance to that, which is totally normal. Absolutely normal. Maybe if you can give yourself the permission to just do it for a very short amount of time, that could help. So see how that goes. All right. This person also asked, I have better mental clarity and less bloating if I fast for 14 hours a day, but that's restriction. Yes, it is. I'm a little concerned. Um, so I end up binging and I feel disgusting again. How do I fast for mental clarity and do the fuck it diet? Do not fast for mental clarity. I would say that you're experiencing some extreme, um, uh, like stress hormones that are helping you sort of like live in a heightened state, but that really runs you down and it's, it's not sustainable. And it really is. I don't think it's good, especially long-term. Um, so just please don't do that. <laughs> and there, you know, there is something to, there's something to kind of like the high of when you're used to restricting that much and that it can be really, really uncomfortable physically and mentally to make the shift to actually eating more often. And it's an adjustment period, but it eventually becomes a lot more comfortable. So I think you might just have to push through a little bit. And I, I really do not condone intermittent fasting. It's essentially just anorexia with another name. 
even though you're finding yourself binging, I and mean, that's also just a very normal response to undereating or not eating for such a long time. Da-da-da. How do I calmly? Um, wait, I don't know what this. Someone said, how do I calmly communicate? Oh, okay, I missed the verb. How do I calmly communicate with a short fuse fire sign mother during quarantine? Oh, hard, hard. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I think a lot of breathing could help. Um, I think adjusting expectations really helps that that's helped a lot for me. Adjusting my expectations that I'm going to have a, um, like successful communication with my mother or with other people. Um, I really think that that is the best advice that I can give. Do your best, but adjust your expectations because uh, family dynamics are no small, easy thing. Maybe I'll think on that and have a better answer for it later in the episode. Do-do-do. Oh, wow, this is really interesting. Okay, so somebody said, I'm wondering how you feel about the work of Ray Pete almost a decade after seeing it on 180 degree health. Now, I'm really curious whether this person has followed me for a really long time because a part of the beginning of my fuck a diet was following 180 degree health. It, I think it's a very different website now, so I don't necessarily um, like condone or like support or like co-sign. What's the word that I'm looking for? I'm looking for um, endorse. I don't necessarily endorse it because I don't really know what's going on over there and it might have a little bit of like healthism. But it was really fascinating for me to kind of like turn the way I looked at food and carbs and sugar and metabolism and health upside down. And there is a scientist named Ray Pete, and I actually talk about him in my book. And it's problematic because I a lot of people who follow his work and I think even his own outlook on eating is is a little dogmatic and it's a little like, oh, this is good and this is bad. But it's very pro-sugar and pro-fruit and pro-dairy. And I needed that. Like I needed someone who like studies biology and human metabolism to be like, these foods are healthy for us and good for us. And I was like, oh, great. So I sort of did my own little like cherry picking from like different people being like, this food is good and this is why. I mean, we do that with diets, we do the opposite with, with diets. We're like, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And this diet says that these, all of these things are, sorry, I'm not being articulate at all. But basically, if you look at what all the diets say are bad, everything is bad, right? And, and what good does that do? Then we can't eat anything without being worried about how, how it's bad for us. So if I could shift that around and look at how all these different people who, who study nutrition and health are saying that these different things are good, even if they're all different people kind of like endowing a different food group with why it's good. And I could just kind of put them all together and be like, you know what? There is some good in all foods. And then also learning about intuitive eating and health at every size. And also just being like, literally, fuck all of this shit. I just want to fucking eat. You lunatics. That's why I was so helped by Ray Pete. Also, he did a lot of talk about like, hormones and progesterone and I had super low progesterone so it was really fascinating for him to be like supplementing with progesterone is like it can be really good for us and calming and good for our nervous system and whatever 
Um, so yeah, that is why it was so helpful then. Um, oh my God, I'm getting all of these texts from my family. It's my brother's birthday tomorrow. So, okay, I'm just going to ignore them. Molly has now come and she's sitting by the microphone. So hopefully she won't try to talk. Molly's my dog in case you don't know that. Maybe today's the day that she learns how to talk. Yeah, do you want to be on the podcast, babe? Alrighty. Um, how did, okay. How did Tiny Head start? I think I explained this on the last episode, but I was losing my mind a little bit. Just really feeling the quarantine hard. I did not feel inspired to talk about anti-diet things because I felt like such bigger things were going on. I just really, I had a disconnect and I, I didn't feel like posting and I didn't feel like writing and I didn't know, I didn't know how to show up on Instagram, if at all. And I posted a picture of the Tiger King with, um, with Taylor Swift as a cat from Cats. Uh, like plastered over the tiger's face and I was like this is all I feel comfortable like sharing basically this is like the best my creativity can do right now and somebody responded and said did you see the tiger king filter for Instagram stories and I said no I didn't and so then I started looking for the tiger king filter and I couldn't find it but what I did find was this weird tiny little upside down chin head And I just posted a little video being like, this is how I feel. And then something happened. I was like, wow, I feel inspired. And so I started, (laughs) it just felt fun. It was like the first thing that felt fun in like two weeks. And so I started doing Q and A's with Tiny Head. And then after a while, I was like, Tiny Head would like to sing. And now that's why I do Tiny Head concerts. So I know I I haven't done one in like a week. I will do one again. But um, that is how Tiny Head started, and that is why Tiny Head sings. <sighs> Darn it. Okay. Molly, Molly, she's like scratching me, wanting me to pet her. I'm doing a thing. I know you don't understand microphones or podcasts or recording or anything, but I am recording a podcast, and you need to let me be and just lie here, okay? Be a good, good girl. How do I find food and have food access during COVID? I don't know because I don't know where you live. I don't know anything about what's going on with you. So I don't know how to answer that question. I'm sorry. I don't even know why I read it. It's because I don't even know. I have like basically 20 different screenshots of these questions and there are eight on each. So I have so many questions I could be answering. Um... Oh, somebody asked something interesting, Um, but I don't understand. Someone said, imagine you could stay virus free for the next six hours. I'm assuming there's like a follow-up question to that, but I don't really know what it is. Oh guys, I'm sorry, this is a mess. This is a mess. (sighs) What breed is Molly? She is a mini Bernadoodle, half Bernese Mountain Dog and half mini Poodle. And yes, she sheds. And her fur is so weird. Like you can see her, you can see her brown undercoat under her black top coat. And it just looks really ratchet. But she has a good heart and a kind face. And we love her. Someone said, someone asked, food journal, yes or no? 
No. Unless you are feeling really ill from food and you just are curious like how you feel after eating certain foods. But I would even say that that is something you'd want to wait and do a little bit further down the line after healing your relationship with food a little bit. Does that make sense? What's a great tip for late night binging? Eat more during the day. And if you don't eat more during the day and still find yourself late night binging, like say, say you get better at eating more during the day and then one day you don't and you're late night binging again, just understand why you're doing it. Understand, be kind to yourself. The more you panic about the binging, the more you actually like keep yourself kind of in that binge mentality. And um, the more you can be kind to yourself, the more you'll be able to listen to your body. Okay. Someone said, TFID and cannabis, question mark. How can you come back to your intuition while you have munchies? Okay, so I kind of talked about this with my friend at the end of an episode that I recorded. Let me see if I can find what the name of the episode was, just so I can I can guide you there. Oh, darn. I don't even know how to find it. Caroline, I have to like search my name in podcast. Caroline Dooner. Oh, speaking of, if you want to leave a good review, (laughs) this is probably not the episode to ask you to write a good review since I'm literally all over the place and very scattered. But if you want to write a good review and leave five stars, it's very helpful. The um, The last review is a one star review saying that I was judging bariatric surgery, which is not how I felt. I didn't feel like I was judging it. I felt like I was just trying to give informed consent. Okay, let me see if I can find the episode. Where is the episode? Okay, I actually think that it was my episode with called Scarcity Mentality and Empty Grocery Shelves. Almost positive that that was the one. Let me see. I can, oh yes, okay. So March 16th, Scarcity Mentality and Empty Grocery Shelves. I talked at the end of the episode to my friend Katie who loves weed, And she got me basically into weed. Like I have my medical marijuana card now. And I don't get munchies. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know why. And so there's a part of me that wonders whether munchies are more, feel more out of control when you have an erratic relationship with food. I don't know that that's necessarily true. And I don't know that I feel comfortable saying that. Um, Saying like that that's definitely true because I don't know but there might be something to it. I don't really get munchies. I just want to go to bed and lie there. I actually feel like I I eat less. Like I'm less focused on eating when I, and I do edibles. Um, and I do indica edibles and it's like my sleepy time thing. So I guess this is not something that I know how to answer, but I feel like, no matter what, if you can feel what it feels like in your body, if you can come back into your body, that's always a good thing. Though, you know, I think if you find that every time you smoke or however you do cannabis, that you're like really, really like eating way more and like feeling really uncomfortable and it doesn't feel good, I mean, please reassess that because that might not be a great thing for you to do. However, it might be that you're having munchies and eating a lot of food because 
you don't always let yourself eat a lot of food or you're hungry or it might not be as big of a deal as you think it is and you might want to reassess what else is going on in your life that might be kind of making munchies feel more out of control. The reason that I think that that's maybe something that we should look at is because I feel very healed with food. I always let myself eat snacks. It's like not, that's not a drama for me anymore. And so when I, you know, like take, take weed, I don't smoke it really. Um, But when I use cannabis, it's just not the thing that my body feels like, doesn't feel, I don't know. It doesn't feel more drawn to eating than it would otherwise. And, and I, I don't know if that's part of it, but it's something that you might want to consider and think about. Alrighty. What does health mean to you if it has no connotation to weight or diet? That's a really good, interesting question. What does health mean to me? Okay. Well, health really encompasses mental health. Um, so if it doesn't have anything to do with weight, health means that, so it's really hard because health is, is not something that everyone has or has access to. And so it's, it's a tricky thing to, to define actually, because it means different things to different people. For me personally, when I was at my, you know, when I feel less healthy, it's because I, my hormones are more out of whack and I'm not getting a normal period. And when my hormones are are low, it makes me feel more nervous because progesterone is calming. And if you have low progesterone, you can be a little bit more anxious and therefore you sleep a little bit worse and therefore kind of everything feels off. Um, and not feeling embodied too, and not being willing to kind of like be in your body and breathe and feel calm. I really genuinely feel like our nervous system has so much to do. And like our stress hormones have so much to do with our own, like, I was almost going to say our own health set point, because I really do think that everyone has a different kind of like base health, depending on genetics and just like luck. Um, But seeking health is about being able to listen to your body, feeding yourself with nourishing food amply, feeding yourself food that you like to eat, moving your body moderately if that's accessible to you, um, finding joy, laughing, sunshine, clean water, sleeping, um, and so much to do with mental health. So health is almost a construct because what exactly is it? It's different to other people. People have different levels of like inherent health, genetic health, predispositions to things. Like, are you going to tell someone who has type one diabetes that they will never be healthy? That's, that's an example of how it's impossible to be like, this is what health is as a noun, but seeking health and like wanting to support your body, your individual body and your individual needs to, to be as healthy as you possibly can, which again, 
is also sort of a construct. It's what I just said. It's mental health. It's it's stress hormone. It's like supporting your body to not be running on stress hormones. It's eating enough. It's eating varied diet. It's it's movement that is joyful to you. It's laughter. It's fun. It's connecting with people. It's processing your emotions, processing trauma, sleeping. Those are actually the things that will support our bodies to to be their healthiest. Avoiding food that you're allergic to. That's a good one. Um, and not just, you know, gluten because somebody told you that everyone's sensitive to gluten, which is not fucking true. Okay. I hope that that was helpful. Da da da. How do I let go of a number defining me and always wanting to lose weight? <sighs> well, stop going on the scale. Stop tracking a number, you know, stop tracking the numbers. And if you've read my book, really, really do those writing exercises and really, really do the brain dump because it's all about getting in touch with what you value and what you need beyond a number on the scale, which I do not think that anybody should be weighing themselves. And this kind of like, um, idolization of, being thinner what do you value and what um what makes you happy beyond that we have to be willing and curious to figure out what those things are so we can start focusing on them how do i get my partner to stop munching in the bed at night next to me huh interesting question i don't really even understand it so are you saying that your partner is like bringing chips into the bed and eating them i don't think it's that much to ask i mean i definitely have had my phases of eating in bed but i don't think it's that much to ask to just say can you please just eat in the kitchen (laughs) i mean just for crumbs and bugs alone you know i think that you could kind of frame it that way but I don't even know if that's what you're talking about. I don't know what it would be if you weren't. Someone said, do you stand Heidi Montag's album Superficial? I don't even know what that is. I've never really known who Heidi Montag is. Is she from The Hills? Is she from, um, um, uh, what's the other one that's kind of like The Hill? I never watched any of these shows. There's another one that's like, um, I don't know. Maybe it's the hills. There's another one, but no, I don't really know who Heidi Montag is, but I think she got a lot of plastic surgery. What do you do when you're bored and you want to do something? Oh, wait, someone said, what do you do when you're bored and you want to do something? Wait, why can't I read this? What do you do when you're bored and you want to do nothing but want to do something? That's an interesting question. I don't really get bored that's not true I get discontented but I don't get bored if that makes sense so I don't know how to answer your question what do you do when you're bored and you want to do nothing but you want to do something well oh I'll tell you I want to do nothing but I want to do something I lie on my couch and I go on my phone duh or I listen to a podcast and like fold laundry I mean, that's actually like doing something. I I listen to a podcast and like, I don't know, uh, go for a walk. That's doing something too. Yeah, I sit on my couch 
and I go in my phone. That's not like a very wise answer, but it's true. Do, 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 do. Okay, how... Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Someone said, how to be a comedy Instagrammer in a large body? Most successful people are thin. I don't know the answer to this at all. I don't know how to be a comedy Instagrammer, though some could say that's actually what I am since what the hell am I really? Um, I kind of like don't think that that has anything to do with comedy. I think like actually comedy is the is one of the better kind of genres to be in um, for body positivity. Of course, that doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that there won't be haters. It doesn't mean that there won't be a lot of trolls. But I actually think that it's the thing that like people understand inherently that you do not need to look a certain way to be funny. So I actually feel like it's a better just start. The answer is just start and read the artist's way because that totally changed my mind, changed my perspective on like just taking action and, and figuring it out as you go. Dude, someone said, do you think you'll ever write another book? Woo, I'm doing it right now. I mean, I'm not doing it right now. I should be doing it right now, but instead I'm really poorly answering these questions. Um, I have written almost all of my second book. That doesn't mean that it's like finished. I feel like I have a lot of work to make all the themes sort of like make sense and make it feel really cohesive. Um, but I am very much writing a second book and it has a publisher. It's the same publisher as the fuck it diet and it will be out apparently as of now, not soon, <laughs> January, 2022, which feels very, very far away. But in the book publishing world, it's like kind of like the soonest that it could be, especially because the book isn't finished yet. Whew. Someone said, sorry that I keep, uh, no, okay. What is your new book going to be about? Somebody really asked that. Okay, so it is a little bit memoir, but it's about my own experiences chasing miracle cures and um, going essentially from dogmatic ideology to dogmatic ideology. And diets are a huge part of that. So I talk a lot about my experience on different diets and my perspective on them and what I was trying to do and what I was hoping for and all the crazy stuff that happened. And then also a lot of dogmatic um, self-help and self-help books and how there's such a similar ideology there. And hopefully it will be funny. I mean, it's a lot of storytelling. And then I, you know, I try to sort of have moments of bringing it back to sort of this cultural, um, you know, what we've learned culturally and why we keep doing this to ourselves. And then it, le so I also talk about the fuck it diet and how I got to that and what that was like for me and what were the decisions I was making during the fuck it diet. And then I talk about my two years of rest. So because it's trying to do a lot, I feel very overwhelmed and that's why I keep saying I need to make it cohesive because as of now it's called two years of rest, but the majority of the book is actually about all of the crazy exhausting things that I did before my two years of rest. So I'm worried that it's going to be kind of like a misleading title. And so the question is, 
what needs to change, the title or the way the book is structured or what. But I mean, a lot of it, I've written a lot of it. I've read back a lot of it. I, it's fun. <laughs> like it's fun. I want it to be funny. I want it to be fun to read, but I also want it to be relatable, which is a huge fear of mine that it's going to be like so odd and not relatable, but that's what it's about. And then the question becomes, what is it really supposed to be called? And does it need to be slightly restructured in order to feel more cohesive? And the answer is, I don't know. And I, I need to like literally work on it right as soon as I finish recording this. So the more I know, the more I'll update. Oh dear. Trying the fuck a diet with a history of IBS and it made me constipated. Help. Hmm. Um, it's very possible that you just need an adjustment period. It's also possible that you need to figure out which foods, um, you know, long, I, I would say long-term if a couple months doesn't help start moving things along, then, um, just start to pay attention to what foods make you feel constipated and what foods make you feel a little bit more normal. But that's a pretty normal response after restriction. It's like your body doesn't know how to work faster and you almost have to like keep eat, keep eating consistently in order to train your body like we can speed this up now. Someone said, is it possible to aim for five servings of fruit and vegetables a day while following the fucka diet? Yes, it is. And that is always my advice. Please add things in instead of trying to restrict things or take things out. But then the other piece of advice that I would give is please don't uh, make it a rule and don't make it something that's allowed to make you feel like you failed. There is no failing. There's no failing on the fucka diet and there is no failing if you only eat you know, one piece of fruit and one little vegetable a day. That's not failing. But if you want to see if adding those in makes you feel like you're eating a more varied diet, please go for it. I don't necessarily think it's the best thing to focus on in the very beginning, but I definitely, definitely think, I mean, I do that. I'm like, all right, like, can I add a vegetable to this meal? And sometimes the answer is no, not today. And sometimes, or not tonight. And sometimes the answer is yes, I can. And now I just mentally believe that I'm eating a varied diet and that's good. So yes, you absolutely can. As long as, long as you can make it a not dramatic or rule-based or success failure kind of thing. <laughs> someone said is it weird that your dog molly seems a little bit human to me oh my god i get that all of the time so many people say that so many people message me and they're like is that a child in a dog outfit and people on the street say it people who meet her in real life say it i think it's partially because she has those little eyebrows and so she looks really really expressive but it's also because she, like, it's just the two of us, right? And, like, she, I think she really thinks she's a little human. Like, I really do. And so to her, she's a human. <laughs> and she's really expressive. I mean, she's, her little eyes are so expressive. And her little smile and... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're not you're not alone in thinking that. A lot of people think that she is very humanoid, 
But I think it's mostly her eyebrows because not a lot of, I mean, some dogs have eyebrows, but I think that that tends to make them look a little bit more human. I think my dog looks like my mom. Um, They're both very cute. They both have very cute little faces. They both have like curly, puffy hair. And uh, I told her that and she was like, "Ah, you think I look like a dog? And I was like, no. I said, if you were a dog, you would be the cutest dog, my dog. And she was like, oh, thanks. You're right. So she accepts. We did a whole photo shoot actually over Christmas where she put on a white shirt. (laughs) My mom put on a white shirt and then a brown blazer over it. And they, we took pictures of them together as twins and Molly was very stressed out. Okay. Someone said, do you have any research, research resources about body fat not causing chronic illness. I highly recommend that you read the book Body Respect by Linda Bacon and Lucy Aframore. Um, And there's also, let me see if I can easily find it. Weight bias. Okay, look this up. It's called, wait, I don't know if this is the right one, actually. I don't know. Okay, look up. I will put this in the show notes in the blog post that's associated with this episode, but I will link to it. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, shoot. It's called Weight Science, Evaluating the Evidence for a Paradigm Shift. It is free, and it is a compilation of lots and lots and lots of studies. I highly recommend it. It's also by Linda, Linda Bacon and Lucy Aframore. Um, it was published on January 24th, 2011, and I will link to it. But it's you can just Google Weight Science, Evaluating the Evidence for a Paradigm Shift. It's in Nutrition Journal. And it's great. But Body Respect, the book, I would say is a little bit more conversational. And it's great. And um, Linda Bacon, who actually goes by Lindo Bacon, is the same person who wrote Health at Every Size. So I recommend Health at Every Size too, but it's a little bit more nutrition dogma, a little bit more triggering than Body Respect. So I definitely recommend Body Respect. Someone asked, how do I stop tracking steps? I'm having a really hard time. Um, Okay, so you either just want to go cold turkey, like delete the apps or whatever you're using, but you also might want to try and examine what the tracking steps is, is, what is it doing for you? Why are you doing it? What is the core fear what is the belief that you can't let go of and really examine the reasons that you're doing it. I'm sure that you know kind of like broad strokes, but maybe you need to really kind of like dig a little deeper and figure out what is keeping you stuck doing that. And of course, I do recommend the brain dump because I do think that it's very clarifying to figure out what the freak is going on in our minds. Someone said, how badly do you want to wash your hair? Okay, I'm going to talk about my hair for a little bit. I'm going to pretty much wind down these questions right now and talk a little bit about my stupid hair and talk a little bit about my Marvel movie experience and then oh sorry Molly I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry you little human dog everyone thinks you're a little toddler in a in a dog outfit okay so my hair (laughs) I have very straight hair And I am in a 
bad habit, I would say, of washing my hair every night. And the reason that it's a bad habit is because I believe and I have heard that washing your hair every day encourages your hair to overproduce oil because you keep stripping your hair of oils. Now, I do not think it's the same thing, but you could compare it to dieting. You could compare it to constantly trying to undereat is not actually good for you, even though it's like socially acceptable, and it encourages your body to fight back with lots and lots of hunger and binging, which is like the overproduction of oil. And then what most people do when they binge, instead of being like, ah, maybe I should stop dieting, they say, I'm going to go on another diet tomorrow, which is like, oh my God, my hair is so oily. I need to take another shower tonight. And it goes on and on and on. And my issue with it, and it's low, way, way, way lower stakes than dieting because dieting really fucks up a lot of things. But my issue with over shampooing and over oil is just that it never looks good. It never feels clean ever. I mean, it does. It feels clean for a half of a day which is not long enough. And so if I ever were to do my hair, which I fucking never do basically because it just feels so futile, F-U-T-I-L-E, not F-E-U-D-A-L. <laughs> but you knew that. Um, anyway, my point is I have heard from many, 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 many people at this point who have messaged me to say, yes, I did this, it works, just push through. I don't have to wash my hair as often because I let my scalp get used to less washing and therefore the oil production died down and it, it's able to stay, it looks clean for three days before I have to wash it again. And I want that, but it's hard for me because I really, it's hard for me for honestly the same reason that people say it's really hard to stop dieting. It's, it's way less hard. It's way less hard. But um, I feel like a little bit of a compulsion to wash my hair because it makes me feel clean. And because it's overproducing oil, I feel like I just, I want it to feel clean again. But I also understand conceptually that it is perpetuating the problem. And so what better time to let it look kind of oily more often than during this quarantine? So I've been trying. And I had a friend who said, that she did this and it was successful, but her hairdresser recommended that she go like five or six days not washing just to sort of jumpstart the process and then to start washing every other day and do that for like two weeks to a month and then add another day in between and see how long you can stretch it. Yes, of course there's dry shampoo, but I've also been told that during the like initial parts of this process to use as little dry shampoo as possible because that actually, uh, it you know it soaks up the oil so if what we really want is for the scalp to know that there's um, enough oil on the scalp that it kind of hinders the process so who knows who fucking knows it's not a big deal I'm just doing an experiment um, but people have so many opinions and I'm getting so many messages and I'm getting like mean messages I'm getting like disapproving messages I'm getting like patronizing messages that are like just watch your hair fuck it like you're overthinking this. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's what I've done for 20 years, but it's not working for me. And so I'm going to try another way. Now, I also have really oily skin. So will it, will it end up 
actually working for me. Okay, sorry. Molly, is, her face is like a foot and a half from the microphone, and she's kind of like groaning because she's... Um, she is scratching her ears. Are you good? Are you okay, my little baby? Now, speaking of someone who needs a shampoo, Molly needs a shampoo, but the grooming places are not open right now. I guess actually some of them are, but her groomer is not comfortable coming back to work, and she is such a little scaredy cat that I feel bad making her go to somebody else. So she's just a dirty girl. You dirty girl. Um. What am I really trying to say? Okay, so I actually had made some headway. And I I had been washing my hair every other day for almost a week. And then last night, I got in the shower just to take a body shower and maybe rinse my hair. Because I've been rinsing my hair when I just want it to feel wet and get the freaking pollen out of it. Because it's, you know, I have allergies. But before I knew it, I was impulsively... Oh, are you trying to speak? I was impulsively washing my hair. So I basically just washed my hair two nights in a row. And so my question is, oh no, did I just undo everything? Like basically you're trying to train your hair. Have I untrained it? I don't know the answer. But I also, um, <laughs> I went on Instagram and talked about it, but I'd had a glass of wine right before I took a shower. So I blamed it on the wine. But I I honestly think that I would have accidentally impulsively washed my hair. It's just such a habit. It's such a habit to grab the shampoo bottle and start to wash my That's why I used to take a shower, you know? And so it's only been a week and a half of me trying another way. And before I before I even realized what I was doing, I was lathering my hair and I was and I had half of my head lathered and I was like, "Oh no. <laughs> I don't think I can undo this. I think I just have to continue washing it last night so that's what's going on with my hair I will update if I have any success I'm going back to washing it every other night cannot believe how long this episode is guys I'm sorry this was so all over the place but it is what it is it just this is a bonus I promise nothing um the other thing is that my friend and I are still watching the Marvel movies in order and we have taken some nights off because we were feeling very overwhelmed. Like every afternoon we were like, oh no, oh no, we have to finish this up and like make our dinner and blah, blah, blah. So we can be ready to start watching at like 7.30 so we don't go to bed too late. And it was just really overwhelming. But we watched Spider-Man Homecoming last night. And it was so good. Like it was excellent. Every performance in the movie is amazing. The writing was so good. The directing was so good. I was genuinely stressed. I know he lives. I know he lives because I've seen the movies that happen after this where he is very much alive, but I was stressed the whole time. I was like so nervous for him the whole time and he was so good. It was amazing. It was really, really, really amazing. Don't worry. I'm still... Oh my God. You are loud, Molly. Loud, loud, loud. Okay, I think this means that I need to end this. I'm sorry if you asked a question on my Instagram and I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, thank you for listening to this. Please check out the Fuck It Diet Book Club if you're interested in joining a group program. And if you need the nine-part payment plan, you can go to thefuckitdiet.com slash 9P. As in nine-part. What else do we have to say, Molly? I feel that I've done better.
I feel I've done better episodes for you guys. I feel that I've done better bonus episodes for you guys. But it seems that this is the best I can do. And I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for following along. I want to thank you for asking questions and for, I don't know, just everything. I thank you. I thank you. Because if I wasn't, if I was doing this without you guys, it would be, I wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) It wouldn't be happening. It wouldn't be. I don't know what I'd be doing. So thank you. And I appreciate all your messages, even the annoying ones that are telling me to shave my head. And I will talk to you next week with a new full episode. And you know what's crazy? Next week, like next Sunday, is going to be... No, 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 that's not true, actually. That's not true. Next week, May 11th, when the other episode is coming out, will be the first day of the Fuck a Type Book Club. So you know what? I'm, I'm actually thinking that once that starts, I'm not going to do bonus episodes. <sighs> It's just going to be an episode every other week like I was doing before because I feel a little bit spread thin, you know, a little, okay. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye.